Welcome to episode two of the Creative Imbalance Podcast. I am your host, Sean Siriani. So glad to be back. Another week, Girth Radio. Right now I'm recording this intro from my home, live at the shoebox. Um, that's what I decided to call uh, the studio that is my tiny-ass fucking Toronto apartment. <laughs> and yeah, I got a few special guests for today's episodes. Two people who are very dear to my heart. First up, we got my pal Marie Rupolo. She is a designer, illustrator, artist, journalist, and uh, just an all-around badass bitch. Uh, <laughs> she also, uh, the other year, she uh, she created this art gallery called Fuck the Status Quo, and that's really cool, and we're going to talk about that. And um, also, later on in the show, we have my pal Steve St. Jean. He is also a photographer, journalist, works in advertising and he runs a little website called beyond the watch and he pretty much uh covers a lot of music media around the city and uh puts up a lot of like really cool photography work on there and this dude he shot everybody from taylor swift to cannibal corpse and we talk a lot about like different things like that and also with both these guests they are very very close to me uh we've been on many adventures uh Many years ago, since we came out of college, we all kind of moved to the city of Toronto and just started doing random shit um, just with music media. And uh, we talk about that, like just running around doing interviews. And uh, even though Steve and Marie are in separate interviews, they've worked together as well. So it's this big uh, trifecta of awesomeness. Also, before we get into the episode, two things. The other week, Creative and Balance uh, presented its first show, live show. It was full of stand-up comedy and musical guests, everything from acoustic players to beatboxing and rappers. And uh, it was called The Grime House. And this is one of many Grime Houses that are going to happen and also there was kind of a battle rap theme to it. If you know me, you know I work with King of the Dot, and they are the number one battle rap league in the world. And um, they had a big show that weekend um, on the Friday and Saturday. And my show was on the Sunday, and it was sick because uh, a couple of these battle rappers, they have entered the stand-up comedy world Um and I got to have them on my show, and that was uh, Dirtbag Dan and Caustic, and they fucking killed it. And also alongside of the whole King of the Dot theme, they reached out uh, for the footage of my show, and they also added it a, as a bonus feature on their pay-per-view. So if you want to check out the Grime House, you can go to kotdtv.com. And order that pay-per-view. And along with the comedy and music sets, the main feature of this pay-per-view is battle rap. And there is hours and hours and hours of battle rap and interviews and just all-around entertainment. So if you're interested in that, definitely go check out KOTDTV.com and grab that pay-per-view. It's a... Uh, it's only 20 bucks right now, and it's totally worth the price for the amount of entertainment. And before I get into this final thing, I got to say, just like to say a big, big, big thank you to John and Phil of the 40 Ounce Heroes for filming uh, my very first show, The Grime House. Uh, the footage looks incredible. It looks awesome on this pay-per-view. And also a big thanks to Kingfly, Troy the Man, King of the Dot, who's... 
I think it was his idea, and he had the strings to pull to get that on the pay-per-view and get me and my friends a little more exposure into some different demographics and whatnot. So much love to 40 Ounce Heroes and King of the Dot. And finally, for listening to uh, today's episode, there is a giveaway for one lucky person. Um, I got a copy of Black Ops 3 on PS4. That's uh, the latest Call of Duty, I believe. And um, you can win that by listening to this episode. And somewhere in the episode... In one of the interviews, we mention a hashtag you can tweet to me. And all you got to do is tweet me that hashtag. And the first person to do that gets this copy. I'll ship it to you wherever you are. And, yeah, that's it. And uh, also my Twitter is at Sean Siriani. If you can't spell Siriani, just fucking go to the Girth Radio website. You can find how to spell my name on the episode or in the host section. And once again, that Twitter address is at Sean Siriani and the Grimehouse pay-per-view featuring me doing stand-up, battle rap, and my friends playing music is kotdtv.com. And I think that's all I have to say for now. And Oh, oh actually, I almost forgot something. Um, a quick review of last week's podcast, uh, episode one with Mindbender. I got a review in from listener and friend Ryan Campbell. And he says, a small fuck you is in order as I almost burnt my pizza because I was so wrapped up in your podcast. So with that being said, I feel like I need to put a disclaimer out on my show. But um, to be honest, I hope this next episode is so good that you burn your fucking house down. Cheers! From Pacific Junction Hotel, Girth Radio in session. Hey, fucking Marie Rupolo back in the city. Hey. How are you? I'm so happy <laughs> to be home. Shit. Woo. Yeah. So uh, for people who don't know, tell them a bit about what you do. Yeah. Oh, um, I'm just a, I guess I'm a, just a creative person doing stuff. Yeah, pretty Just doing much. what I want to do. <laughs> you you uh, do design, art. Um, yeah, I do illustration primarily now, actually. Most of my clients are, are, are illustration-based. Um, I do some writing, some freelance writing, um, like music journalism stuff, and I'm a designer, and I'm very organized. And you're a badass motherfucker. Um, last year, you did the... Well, I don't want to butcher the name. The fuck the status quo. Oh, fuck status quotes. Where did that come from? Oh, okay. So that was, I worked at an agency called Sidley and their, their whole mantra there was sort of fuck the status quo. Uh, and so what happens is uh, the head office in Montreal gave every, you know, uh, gave everybody an opportunity to uh, apply for this uh, collective project that they would fund. And so uh, everybody submitted ideas. So we submitted ours and they picked it. And so we brought it to life. And so we wanted to, I'm going to be very honest. Mm -hmm. It was kind of, it was kind of a, 
a big fuck you to the company that I work for. <laughs> yeah, uh, that even, was like, were they funding it too? And yeah, they funded it. It was like they were funding, <laughs> they were funding themselves a big fucking middle finger. Yeah. Um, which, like in hindsight, I'm thank you if you're anyone from there is listening. I appreciate it. <laughs> but uh, it was kind of like because when you work in an advertising agency, like you can say fuck the status quo all you want, but you are the status quo. Like mm-hmm. I'm sorry, I don't care what you say. Um, and so. It was a project just to sort of inspire people because you get caught up every day in, you know, in bullshit, like working, like making newsletters and stuff that people are going to hit delete on immediately. And you kind of forget your passion. And so it, we just wanted to, like, remind people. Yeah. And it was so badass, especially like all the people you had in there. You had like Shad K. You had Mindbender, who was on my episode one. Yep. And uh, basically, like, it was so cool. Like, so every artist you like took a quote from and then you kind of yeah. made it into an illustration as well like so yeah so we went like a teamwork out. thing going on oh it was huge it was so collaborative it was it was awesome and I, because I, I genuinely love collaboration we so we got together and we were like all right we don't just want just musicians or just artists we just want people who are who are living examples of people someone who's who's literally fucking the status quo so yeah, we got Shad. He was great. We uh, Mindbender, and we just we got all these great quotes. And then we reached out to artists. I mean, I had a guy from LA. He's incredibly talented. His name is mm-hmm. uh, Graham Curran, and he submitted some art. And uh, people from within the agency submitted art. And you had a quote in there that yeah, was the most was, interactive one we had. I was I was honored. <laughs> it was like it was so funny because uh, I was thinking about it today too. Uh, uh, basically, when. I, re- I remember you asking me and then I was like, oh, this is cool. And like lots, lots of people like want to collaborate on ideas, but you, you never know if it really happens or whatever. And then I remember I was going to see my girlfriend and a couple other people who uh, were just kind of uh, like she was like going for dinner with them. And they were like, they're like kind of like middle age type thing. And I got the message that it was like my quote was actually going to be in your art gallery. And I was so excited. I sat down at the table and I was like, oh, Lacey, like that thing's happening. But not even thinking of what my quote was, <laughs> like setting it up or whatever. And uh, so like her like wonderful like lady friend she works with, like <laughs> probably late 40s, just hard of gold. She's like, oh, what's the quote? I'm just like, oh, yeah, I shouldn't be talking about this. But uh, yeah, when life sucks, come in life's mouth. But, yeah. Oh, well, it was. A, it was. I don't know. I was so honored to be in that fucking uh, gallery because even like I didn't know how the artist. Uh, I, I believe his name was Alex, right? Yeah, Alex. Alex yeah. Poland. I forget. I uh, I didn't know what he was gonna do with the quote, and um, we just walked. We're walking around, and we're like, "Oh, this one has a black light." And then we just see when life sucks. I'm like, no way. <laughs> and you like hit the thing. And then it's just like in black light marker. It looks like fucking cum, but it says yeah. cum in life. So <laughs> it was genius. <laughs> well, it was awesome because like you're, so what I did was like, after I collected all the quotes, I kind of handed it out and like I let people pick and Alex picked your quote specifically. And Alex is great because he, he he's, he's a very creative person. He's not just, he's a great designer, but he's very conceptual. And so when he was telling me about what he wanted to do with your quote, I was like, that's fucking incredible because like everything else was like a printed piece there was one woodcut piece and there was one that was made of sheet metal but like that one was the it was interactive and like 
it had its own corner. Like, it was awesome. Yeah, oh, it was my God. nuts. It, and it didn't sell well, but it was awesome. <laughs> like, it well, was like, like, like who, who would want that on their wall? everyone's a baby. <laughs> yeah, but it's it's cool, too. Like, I have it in my house, but people can't really, like, see it because you need a black light, and I don't have the black light on it. I also, I got the one of you, uh, the fuck the noise mm. one. And that actually inspired me the other week because uh, I was doing, like, a, a pretty big uh, stand-up set. And I just had a mess of ideas. And I remember just like trying to weed things out. And I just looked on the wall and said, fuck the noise. I'm like, okay, yeah, no bullshit. Like, just get to the straight up shit. That's, but that's the thing. And that, well, like, and it's funny because that quote that was from a, a girl, um, she used to work in Toronto and she moved to Montreal. And she's, she's another really incredible creative person. Uh, and it's true. I mean, you get so, it, and it, it, I think it really embodied the whole, uh, the whole the whole night as well you know you just spend so much time getting caught up in bullshit you just sometimes you you honestly you just need to like you just need to turn it off yeah definitely just you gotta and that relates to like a million different things i'm thinking of right now like everything yeah yeah it's insane uh, yeah, that one also, it, that one's only sold well because, like, people who love me bought it, but, like... No, it was pretty who's rad. Gonna, who's gonna put it up? It says fucking big letters. Everyone's like, oh, I can't have that in my house. Yeah, well, <laughs> I don't live with my mom anymore, so <laughs> it's all good. I got that on my wall. <laughs> I need to frame them, fuck. Would you uh, ever do, like, something like that again? Or was that just, like, secluded for your, uh, your would, agency? No, I would love to do... I mean, the event itself, I can't I can't ever do another one because it was, uh, like, the agency has the rights to all that stuff since I worked there. Mm-hmm. But I love, I would love to do more stuff like that. Um, I mean, I started doing... I did lapel pins and stuff now, which have sold pretty well. Uh, but that show was the first thing I've ever done. It was the hardest thing I've ever done. It was incredible. I... It, yeah, and it was just—it was like sold out. Like people couldn't even fucking walk in. The there. creative directors amazing. of our own agency couldn't get into the show because <laughs> there was a lineup. Yeah, it was just—it was just cool and different. Yeah, awesome. I would love to do more stuff like that in the yeah. city. And now that I'm home, like I can. I can do that stuff again. Yeah, you got a knack for it. And your work's dope. It's the fucking logo of the, my show. Like, yeah, if, if that's anybody, right. Like, anybody clicked <laughs> on this show and saw the broken light bulb, that's a Marie Rupolo. That's a long original. time ago. Yeah. That's years ago. I had, that, I had the idea to do this, and it, it's more... That logo represents more than a podcast. It's like kind of a brand, like... Uh, and also, the with the launch of this podcast, I did... I booked my first... Uh, comedy show where i booked a whole lineup the other week too and i used I that, that and it it went fucking amazing and it was i wanted it, to come we, but uh there's gonna be more so yes. it's like i don't know it's wicked it's a it's important to i don't know for me to like kind of like well like going back to this idea of the episode right now where you and steve are both on the same one you guys are kind of like the people who came into this universe with me like we moved to toronto we weren't really sure what we were doing we started interviewing like bands and just it all like kind of like snowballed and like just you two represent like kind of like the spark and will you encourage me to do this kind of shit and like even be in the studio right here well like you took you took it to the next level like even beyond anything i could have ever done like everything you're doing every time i see you post something with either like king of the dot or the the blackout stuff like all of that shit i always get so excited when i see it because i'm just like he's doing it he's really doing it and uh, i don't know it just feels like beginning of things too like i feel like just like the past like bunch of years just moving out here and like wanting to do shit like that i had to like just like learn shit the hard way and everything and 
it's cool. Like it just it's crazy how uh like even with like Steve Beyond the Watch like just doing our interviews and stuff like that. And I remember uh one of my first like interviews of one of my heroes you were there with fucking jesse from kill switch that was so crazy. and i was dying like inside <laughs> like i never been so nervous in my life but it's cool to think like how much uh we all grown since then and like this is like that's why it's important to have like you and steve on like one of the first episodes of this because this is where like for anybody who randomly clicked on this this is like where it came from <laughs> Live from the center of the earth, Girth.
Yeah, we were. We went to our first metal show together. What was that? A Monomar? Yeah, thing? yeah. That's how we we kind of hung out for the first time. Yeah. I think. Yeah, we were. We met each other in advertising class. Yeah. And uh, I didn't pursue that life. Marie did. <laughs> She's amazing. And um, fucking. Uh, yeah, I I remember like. We'd, we'd have like small talk in class and stuff like that and I always thought you were cool you're wearing Opeth shirts and shit <laughs> and, uh, yeah. and then uh, I remember you just asked me you're like oh I'm going to the show tomorrow with some guy some weird guy I'm like do you, do you want to come you you seem cool and you like metal I'm oh like, that's right yeah I'm like I'm like fuck yeah and that's when you met uh, Fez too yeah <laughs> like, oh Fezzy I gotta get Fez on this show oh, he's fucking you, nuts you do like, yeah. the one thing to note is that uh it's funny, like we like we lived on each other's couches for a little while too. <laughs> yeah, it's amazing. <laughs> it's like through funny. the hard times and yep. shit. Like, oh man. I remember when we packed all your shit into Rachel's car. Oh god. It was that, a nightmare. Yeah, my fucking heart. Basically what happened was like uh I still had like uh, another year of school. Like I had so many fucking <laughs> years where I thought it was my last year and then I just like fuck something up and go back. <laughs> I was so determined to get this advertising credit when really like that's not what I want to do with my life. It didn't matter. But um yeah, I kept uh trucking at it. But uh yeah, long story short, it was the weekend I was supposed to move into an apartment with somebody. I had half the rent or I had the first, he had the last night before he said I can't do it. And uh, in my student house, people were moving in my room. And I was just like, oh, what the fuck am I going to do? And I was, like, just thinking, like, I forget. It was, like, either you or Rachel or called me. And, and you're, like, just, like, small talk. And I'm, like, they're, like, oh, what's wrong? I'm, like, oh, I think I'm everything's <laughs> fucked. And then, and then uh, I, I was, like, seriously thinking, like, I'm just going to quit all this and just move back with my parents. But, like. Luckily, I had good friends. You're all like, no! And, yeah, that, like, no. and then I just, like, fucking moved in your basement for a week. I felt fucking terrible, but you guys... No, my mom people. was so stoked to have you. I know. Just like a son. She was <laughs> know, just excited like, she, she to feed you. She didn't know what was going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> she didn't um, care. Yeah. That was so funny. And cheers to Rosie. Rest in peace. Yeah, she was a great yeah. lady. Remember that time you called my house? Yes. Let's get... Well, okay, what was the like, phrase? Uh, we, yeah. We need to backtrack up. Uh, Marie's mo- wonderful mother. She passed away uh, five years ago. Five, now I guess five years. Holy! I fuck. know it's been a really long time. But uh, but yeah, uh, when I uh, when I had that big downfall of my life and everything, <laughs> like I I remember the first night I I woke up like on your couch and all my <laughs> shits everywhere and my heart just sank. I'm like you failure. <laughs> and I'm like okay, I need to get like a new place like right now and. Um, I was like a, a town away. From, I was in Burlington at your parents' house, and I was needed a place in Hamilton. So I was about to sneak out mad early, just fucking get on the bus, like find anything, anything. <laughs> and I remember like just trying to get out the door, and your mom grabbed me, and, 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 I, and she's like, she's like, no, sit down, and she made me like the biggest breakfast, but had like one of like the most beautiful talks I ever had in my life, and just saying like calm down everything's gonna be okay and like i don't know like just like that talk applies to a lot of things in life like when you're having like anxiety about something like sometimes it's your own mental like your head that you psych yourself yeah. out so very long story short like <laughs> marie's mom had like such a place in my heart and then a year later i'm 
like partying at my house <laughs> and uh and uh my one roommate warren he just started saying this thing all day and i never heard it before but like a term to get drunk he was using the word polluted <laughs> and it was so funny he's like and it was like a friday or something he's like we're getting polluted tonight <laughs> like saying it all aggressive and then like every like i lived in a house with like seven dudes we're all just saying yeah let's get polluted so i'm thinking like who wants to party i'm like oh i'm gonna call marie so uh, i go on my cell phone i find marie I didn't know it was her house number. I thought it was her cell. <laughs> Goes to her home line. Her mom picks up, who has the same voice <laughs> on the phone. Just, hello? I'm just like, I forget exactly what I said, but it's like, yo, you're coming over, and we're getting fucking polluted. <laughs> and I just hear, excuse me? And then, it, again, like, it just clicked in and my fucking heart just sank, realizing what happened, like, a knot in my stomach. I'm just like, oh no! Mrs. Rupolo, I'm so sorry. My little brother to this day still, anytime anything's ever said about you, he's like, yeah, Sean, like, let's get polluted. <laughs> oh my god. That's Forever, a, that's, like, it's, that's what it'll be. It's so embarrassing and awesome. No. So I gotta fucking bring that back. Yeah. If, you if, should. If anybody shares this episode, just hashtag polluted. Actually, you know what? Um, in the intro, I uh, I said I'm giving away a PS4 game, uh, Black Ops 3, and if you t- uh, send me a text to my Twitter hashtag polluted, you get the you win you win the game. Yep. So yeah, that's that's the code. There it polluted. is. Polluted. Thanks for listening. <laughs> <laughs> I was I was trying to figure out how to do this contest, but. Now I'm going to have to, like, sneak it in the middle of the episode so, like, you just bribe people to listen to your fucking Longer. show. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I've been listening to so many podcasts, actually, yeah. so this is exciting. What do, what do you like now? Um, I'm really into the 99% Invisible. Super good. Uh, I've listened to a lot of Mark Marin. Oh, yeah, he's the shit. He's the best. I love him. I, I love listening to how he, he gets so emotional. All yeah. the time, you know, and he goes off on these tangents and a lot of people, I think, fast forward through the beginning part where he's mm-hmm. on his tangent. But that's my favorite part. Yeah. It's just like so human. Like, yeah. it's just like breaking down. Have you ever seen a stand up too? Yeah. It's like that too. He's just having a mental breakdown. Always. Funny. Yeah. Yeah. I saw him when he was in Toronto and he did a thing about oh, uh, like standing over like about eating ice cream and just anyways. Yeah, he's oh, my God. I love him. He's he's wonderful to listen to. There's so many episodes of his show that have actually inspired me like i finish i pull out my earphones and i'm just like i gotta make something right now yeah like that's it's what crazy. it's all about fucking podcasts have been changing my life too like yeah i've been listening to marin and just even like i started listening to like really random ones and i was getting like inspiration from like places that i would never even think like back in like the fucking nineties, this is so nerdy. I used to be like such a fucking pro wrestling fan, <laughs> and, and Stone Cold Steve Austin has a podcast. Now. No, he so doesn't. So I'm like, oh, this is cool. Like, and I noticed like he's like interviewing like all those people from back in the day. So wow. it'd be cool to like hear like behind the scenes look on all these fucking like fake fights and shit. But then I started like the other week. It was like before my comedy show, and I was listening to. Uh, like them just talk psychology on breaking down like a match and not to like put all their shit and you kind of like 
he was going through the waves of just like kind of like building up and not giving the audience too much and then you hit him with like something there and then at the end you just start going crazy and then i started thinking of my plan for my show and i started restructuring like all these ideas I already had, and then it just started turning into like this bomb. I was just like, "Oh my god!" Like, I'm that's like, perfect. I'm like, I gotta start listening to like fucking '90s pro wrestling podcasts and before every show. Yeah, that's all I'm gonna listen to. Oh shit! Yeah, it was crazy. It's good to, that you can pull inspiration from stuff like that. Yeah, and it's always like it comes unexpectedly. Like, uh, I that's... don't sometimes like it's. I always feel silly like when I'm interviewing a band and I don't use this. Uh, question too much anymore it's like oh where did you get your information or your inspiration from because there's never like an exact thing it's always just kind of like just life and it hits you from nowhere and well it's hard when i interview bands a lot of times i have to think of a creative way to ask them that question in exa exactly what you just said it's like yeah. there's never you can't just sit here and like pinpoint like oh i was inspired by the color of this red tape like there's Mm -hmm. There's bigger situations. That's my favorite part, actually, about interviewing bands is trying to find questions that aren't, you know. Yeah. What's your favorite color? Do you have a tour story? Yeah. You know. I'm yeah, I'm trying to like consciously not do what everybody else is doing, and I noticed Steve's been doing that too. Yeah. He's been on a couple of adventures too, and it makes the interesting interviews too. And I noticed like our last couple, like every artist was like, "That was really nice," or <laughs> "I had a lot of fun" because we're not just like. They almost turn into like robots, like, oh, like, where'd you get your band name from and shit yeah. like that. And I mean, hey, you know what? If you want to ask that question, if you want to ask the question, like, where'd you get your band name from? There's got to be a better way to ask it. You know, there's like when we interviewed Portugal, the man. And mm -hmm. it's funny because I'd interviewed them with Steve at least twice before. I've interviewed them three times now. And uh, I had I, never once in all the times I interviewed them had I ever asked where they got their name from. And the last one I did with them... It was sort of, it just, it flowed with like the question that was before. It wasn't even in my list of questions. It was just kind of like off the cuff. I was like, oh yeah, like, so like what's with the period in your band name? And it was actually because, so they did an episode it's of It's Always Sunny. They yeah, had like yeah. Glenn and, uh, I can't remember who else is in it. Glenn and Mac are in it. And uh, the one guy is like, uh, take that stupid fucking period out of your band name or whatever. And so when I was talking to them about it, I asked them about it and like, I got the answer I wanted, yeah. and I'm sure lots of other people wanted, but it's like, think about how many times people have asked them that exact question. Yeah. Like, come on. Yeah, it's you know? routine. You got, yeah, everything. you just got to think of like, it's everything's a like creative problem solving, right? Like, mm -hmm. even the most simple problem, you just got to think of like a different way to solve it. It doesn't mean that, it's like, nope, this is going to sound so stupid, but there's no problem that's too simple. It's just like, how, how creatively do you solve it? Yeah. Is the outcome you get, but I mean, yeah, I want to go back a bit like to your or actually I I had a thought like I wanted to ask another artist uh, yeah. when I was Doing my last stand-up show, which like it kind of felt like one of my best shows too. I felt like with writing it and Doing it like live like I felt like so like unconscious to it like almost like I was possessed Do you ever like feel like that when you're designing something like because I know you do great work, too And I'm just wondering if this is just like no. a weird like creative person thing and <laughs> I like black out sometimes Yeah, I'll like get into something and I'll and and I and I will start working and there's been times where I'll be working on something and it and 
hours will go by. I haven't eaten. I haven't even used the washroom. Like, mm-hmm. I need a diaper at this point because I'm going to probably <laughs> piss myself. And you just, like, you just black out. And then you come to and you're like, whoa, look at what I made. That happened to me the other day. I'm working on this. Uh, there's a new brewery opening uh, downtown. And I'm doing all the, uh, like, the wall art and stuff for them. And so... They gave, They always give me. They're wonderful. They give me complete creative freedom to do whatever I want every single week. Well, that's fun. Uh, it's incredible. That's how like anybody's gonna get their best workout too. I think that yeah, and they know that. Yeah. They like revisions are super minimal. If there, ninety nine percent of the time there are none. But anyways, yeah, like I was working on this on this art, and I kind of like I stepped back. It was two in the morning. And I was like, whoa, like, where did the last three hours go? But then I looked at what I made and I was like, I really like it. And that doesn't happen very often for me. As a creative person, I spend most of my time being like, this fucking sucks. Yeah. So. Like, I don't have the intelligence to, like, fucking break down or, like, the study to know, like, the human brain. But I wonder what, like, because it's like a, I feel like when that happens to me when I'm working on something, like, creative work, it just feels like there's this buzzing going on in my head and it's just. Like you said, like you black out and time disappears and it's just over and then you have something. Which is, but those are the best, I feel like I get my best work out of that, Mm -hmm. you know? I mean, there's always like, there's always the added, like a lot of, I have a lot of friends who like, they kind of just like wake and bake and they smoke a lot of weed and they exist like that. But for me, because I don't do shit like that, if I do decide, if I am going to like, if I'm going to have a joint, I'm going to do it by myself. And then I'm going to, I want to be creative when I do it. Yeah. You know, cause then I get to pick, like if I'm by myself in my room, I can pick my music. I can pick, I can like set up my mood and that like, that could directly translates into whatever I'm creating. So if I'm drawing something, you know, if I'm listening to like weird, bumpy, like random sounds like music, or am I listening to like something really nostalgic is probably going to end up a little bit darker, you know, like it's, yeah. It directly translates into what I create. Yeah, that's dope. It's kind of like you make your own like meditation type practice. Yeah, that's and exactly it. Yeah. And yet I don't even think I I mean it's sort of subconscious you don't even realize you're doing it, but when you it sounds so silly, but it's like when I pick when I pick whatever I'm listening to and I'm going to create something, I'm very strategically picking the music I'm listening to. Mm-hmm. I'm not just like, oh, I guess I'll put this on. I'm like, okay, this is the task I have. This is the result that I want. So this is the soundtrack that I need to get there. Wicked. Which is so That's dumb. Cool. But No, it's not <laughs> dumb. I understand that exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you, know, uh, you ever go like on songs and all that shit where they have like the random playlist? Yeah. It's, it's so funny. Like, uh, I found like this weird, like this. I never told anybody this, and it's so fucking gay. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> I've been li- like, the day of my set, I'll fucking throw on like '90s alternative ballads and just yes. listen to like fucking like Jewel and fucking like Goo Dolls, just like random <laughs> shit like that. And I don't know, it takes me back to feeling like a kid and almost like playful, and that like makes my performance is like so much better just kind of like getting in that mindset and almost like falling into like a childish there's like thing f- going some on. weird freedom like and nostalgia there's like some weird power <laughs> yeah that just like comes out but it's yeah. crazy i well, completely agree what i'm just trying to say is uh 
Jewel's the shit. <laughs> yeah, so uh, just listen to some Jewel. Yeah. Start the artist radio on Spotify. Type in Jewel. Because who else will save your soul for the lies that you told, boy? <laughs> <laughs> I even say that part, the boy. boy. <laughs> like I'm talking to my man. Oh. <laughs> I don't know how I got all black all of a sudden. You did it. But fuck. Here we are. <laughs> yes. Oh, this oh. show is dumb. Thanks for being on. <laughs> Thanks for having me. This, this is, is great. No, this is so cool to catch up with you too, and just uh, thanks to Girth for uh, supplying like free beers and this awesome space. And I don't know, it's just such a great vibe in here. Like everybody I brought in here is just they start getting cheery when they sit this, down. This is exactly so. When I moved back to the city, I won't bother explaining the circumstances of why mm-hmm. I left or why I came back. But yeah, this it's it's stuff like this uh, that makes me so happy to be home just like to be with my friends and to to collaborate on stuff and to create things and it doesn't even matter how serious or not serious it is it's just like it's just about like getting together with people and Mm -hmm. just and just talking even just talking about shit yeah like i can't explain to you i had um my like my mental health has improved ten thousand percent um i quit my job months ago Mm -hmm. i worked i worked in advertising for so long as you already know and it just it grinds you down and i got sick of it and i said i can't do this anymore it was it was not fulfilling i didn't respect there's crazy pressure too well there's pressure like i didn't the biggest thing is i it didn't respect who i worked for and i found that that made a big difference in the in the quality of the work that i was doing and so why am i sitting here building your empire when i could if if i'm i have the talent i can do it myself like why don't i build my own damn empire you know definitely so I quit, and uh, I was lucky I had a lot of guidance um, yeah. and a lot of help. And I, there is a, nef- nothing has been more important for my mental health than this time that I took to be a freelancer and to just do only the work I want to do. So I was, I was creating things that I wanted to create, mm-hmm. you know. And a shout-out to uh, Odd Thomas and Mascot Brewery because they were, like, one of the first clients I had, and I still work with them, and I do weekly flyers, and it's illustration-based, and I can do whatever I want. They're the, they're oh, the ones I was dope, talking yeah. about. And they, they give me complete creative freedom. Yeah, and they trust you. And you should be trusted because you yeah. do amazing work. <laughs> but I don't know, I find, like, in, like, those bigger, like, industry, like, places, like, they kind of treat everybody as, like, grunts and just mind control here and it's the, not, you don't yeah. really have any freedom and no it's not good it's not good for it's not good for creative people i mean yeah. there's some people thrive in that environment i guess it's just all about who you are but i mean like i'm drawing right now my last uh, last flyer i did had steve buscemi on it i did one oh, with nice. uh, <laughs> like uh bill murray and like ninja Tur- i just did a ninja turtles one where he's like holding up a slice of pizza i need to see these yeah, yeah they're like <laughs> in there. especially like i love like your style of art like it's different like so, so i'm weird. just picturing like the ninja turtles but with the marie spin on it <laughs> yeah. Like. yeah so it's great and i and i love it because i also get a lot of satisfaction out of the fact and it's, it's hard as an artist i think to to actually be able to accept um accept satisfaction like for me to allow myself to be proud of the work that i do i find that really hard Mm -hmm. um and so when you know when people are commenting and they're like oh my god this bar has like the greatest flaw they like love their flyers love the artwork you know i have to i always i take a second and i appreciate that and i was like i'm like you know what 
that's great and that's and that all contributes to like where i am in my life where my mental health is like better than it's ever been yeah and it just inspires you to even work even more and yeah overall just be happier too just oh my god and like just making a living doing what you love too that's like such a tricky thing i've found (laughs) like it's just it's always like kind of a roller coaster with me and but But i don't know i kind of i love the chase of it too like that's the best part there's a weird thing where i just don't know what's happening like that struggle it sucks but it's also one of my favorite things yeah you know you gotta hustle that's what it is you just and it's it's fun it's like it's invigorating to be like oh my god like i'm not gonna fucking be able to pay rent next week yeah. <laughs> shit or it might work out and <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. i'm gonna be like rich and then yeah. like fuck it's a it's such a, a tricky game it's almost like gambling in a way oh, i always i, I just yeah. thought of that right now like i always say yeah i'm not a gambler but maybe i am <laughs> like no, i'm you just are. having i'm having an epiphany but i get, it's not like the traditional like playing like fucking blackjack or whatever it's with life it's ex- <laughs> you actually just said ex- i just came from a dinner with one of my girlfriends mm-hmm. and it said exactly what you just said it's a gamble I was telling her because she was saying how she's not feeling great at work and she's there's a lot of pressure and she works in advertising as well. And I told her, I was like, it's a huge gamble. But if you can if you can do it, you you should take some time to yourself and yeah. you should quit and you should do some freelance. But it's, it's exactly that. It's a gamble. <laughs> yeah. Did you uh, when you were thinking about uh, quitting your career and just doing your own thing? Uh, was this something that was going on your head in your head for a long time? And like, were you? scared to do do that oh my jump. god yeah. it was the hardest the hard one of the hardest things i've ever had to do i mean i was i thought about it for so long and things just kind of got worse and so once you you kind of psych yourself out and you're like when you think about it for so long where you're like i hate this i'm so unhappy i'm so unhappy but you go to work every day and you're like maybe it'll get better um i'm really lucky uh my partner at the time was really supportive and he was great about like you know, cheering me on and being like, you can do this. Like you need to take because he's, you know, he was a musician for a long time and he's he's always been his own boss. And so I had this like informed opinion and that really helped uh, so that when I did, when I took that leap, I had someone who was there to like help me and support me. Uh, so, I mean, of course, it's a gamble, but it, maybe it was more of an educated gamble because I knew that. I could handle it because I had that support. Yeah, that's true. And um, especially coming from him is probably like he's been through it. And oh, like, yeah. uh, I know a lot of this stuff, like trying to turn art into a living, no matter what you do, whether it's like comedy or designing or music. Um, it's just, it's so crazy. <laughs> like just trying to take that jump. And it's almost like you learn so much shit that, you never like expect unless you like fail at doing it like it's the it's, best it's hard thing. to put into words like uh, yeah it's the best mm-hmm. it's if anyone is listening to this podcast and you're like i hate my fucking job i don't know what to do you should gamble i say gamble i say fuck responsible gambling <laughs> if you are not happy you need to make a change and it's only going to be something dramatic. I mean, sure, you can make like little incremental changes and that's great as well. But it just depends. I mean, for my personality and I think for yours as well, a lot of people thrive in that sink or swim situation. Yeah. You kind of have to throw yourself in and be like, well, if I don't swim, I'm going to fucking die. So 
it's true. That's it. And you, and you brought up too, like uh, mental health too, and like personally, I felt like when I get trapped in a job situation where I don't get to be like my creative self or like do what my mission was for going out to Toronto, like I felt like depression and stuff like that, Oof. and like I still like I still have a regular day job, but it's like almost. I even gambled with that, but now I'm in a better position where it's like kind of happy, and, or, and I can like uh, I can do like things like podcasts and stand up at night and like take a day off here and there or whatever. Yeah, so like, yeah, sometimes you just gotta find that ideal balance and it's all just about roll with it. Yeah. <laughs> And I think there's something to be said about, it's so funny. I've been like thinking all these thoughts and now I'm speaking them into a microphone. Yeah, this is awesome. But <laughs> like, <laughs> there's something to be said about um, just just trying things and like, and and just not being too hard on yourself. It's such a lame thing to say and you know, you read it in articles and stuff. But the more, the more I've, the more I'm learning in this like very short time, I've only been home for th less than three months. Mm -hmm. Maybe I think it's only been like a month and a half maybe. Yeah. And I have the biggest thing I've learned is like, you can't try and control everything around you. You know, there's, there's a, there's a balance of course. Like you can't just live your life and be like, well, fuck it. Hopefully tomorrow works out. Yeah. You need to have a goal, but you also just need, you can't control everything. Mm -hmm. uh, it's going to make you so yeah, unhappy. You got to go with the flow. Actually. Yeah. Uh, I uh, remember I mentioned to you, well, just to say uh, at uh, the bar where Girth Radio is at, along the bar, there's like uh, all these names of different celebrities. <laughs> yeah. And I was telling Marie earlier, I like to sit at the Bruce Lee one. And it almost because of a quote he said that goes along with what you were just saying. And it's about going with the flow. And uh, if you just type in Bruce Lee B. Water on YouTube, he... Uh, it's it's really cool. He said, "I'm I'm probably gonna butcher it right now, but he's always like, be water." He's like, "When you put water in a cup, it becomes the cup. You put it in a pot, it becomes the pot." And it's yeah. just about like just morphing yourself to all these different situations. And I've gotten really good at that, and that's it. That is the fucking secret, Bruce Lee. You know, <laughs> yes, yeah, that's all it is. You just you got, and if you can't, if you can't adapt, you know, and it's really hard because a lot of people are they're um. There are real problems where, like, I feel so fortunate. I, there are people around me who love me, who support me, and it's so it's obviously a lot easier to be water when you have that kind of yes, support. Yeah. Um, but there's a lot of people who have severe mental health, and I, and it is really hard for them to to get into that state. But I mean, if you can, man, yeah. be water. It's it's also like sometimes it's hard like to get into a positive uh, thinking pattern when you're around a lot of fucking negativity. Oh yeah. You. Like, like the be water thing, like Bruce said it as like a positive thing. It also like, I feel like it naturally happens even in a negative environment. Like you become like, complacent. You don't, yeah, that's bad. You become like just so whatever it is. It could be like, you could be in jail with like a bunch of sketch bags and, or like anything like, but yeah, you can't, I don't know. It's hard. You can't be too passive. I mean, you got to find that right balance. Of, I'm, I'm like the perfect level of passive right now. I think yeah. it's good. Feel good. So you, happy. You look great too. You got Thanks, a little man. twinkle in your eye. You're yeah. smiling. Yeah, my <laughs> face. Awesome. My face hurts from smiling <laughs> yeah. so much. God, someone get me a face massage. <laughs> uh, yeah, no. Oh my god, I'm just happy. Yeah, that's dope. Yeah, just surround yourself with people that you love. Just don't spend your time with people who bring you down. It's so easy to do, but you just, you gotta, 
And if you are with people who are kind of a bummer, try your best to like bring them up. Don't sink with them. Yeah. You know, yeah. try and elevate them instead. Like it's hard, but you can do it. Yeah. It's and worth if, trying. And if they they're being difficult and not being cheery or whatever, fuck them. Get some new friends. Yeah, like you know what? Everybody <laughs> come down to Girth and have a beer with me and Marie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're a good good time. There's actually an empty chair for you, right? <laughs> right at the There's end of this. There's two empty thing. chairs here yeah, waiting. We can podcast. We can drink. Mm-hmm. Mary talk about Bruce Lee and fucking whatnot. Our boy Bruce. <laughs> yeah. Yep. So, uh, any uh, any plans for the future? Just going with the flow. Do you got like a like a crazy goal? Like I. I feel bad asking you this because when people ask me that, I never have a fucking answer. <laughs> I'm just like, I don't know. I'm just, I'm just living. I'm just doing little things here and there. It's but do you, you do you have like a a thing you just want to grab? Well, so it's funny you ask that. Um, yeah. I just had a job interview on Friday, and they mm-hmm. offered me the job in the interview, cool. even though I just went on a huge tangent about doing being your own empire. Um, the reality is you got to pay rent. Yeah. And so at some point, the other thing is I just moved home. And so I kind of think I need to, uh, re, I need to reintroduce myself to other human beings anyways. Yeah. And it it is just going with the flow too. Like you need some extra cash here and there. Yeah, do it. Yeah. So, uh, so it's funny you say that my goal realistically is one day I, I would like to just be able to, you know, be an illustrator full time and only do the work I want to do. Um, or I would love to be in a position of like being a creative director. I would love to just work with, I want to just collaborate with people every day. I want to wake up and I want to hang out with people who are stoked about what I'm stoked about. And that's, and which is a silly goal, but that's really my goal. And I mean, so now, yeah, I assume I have to, I haven't signed any formal paperwork yet, but, uh, I come April, I might have a full-time job again, but, but that job to be fair is the they're really open to me helping them sort of build something, which is, will be a nice change. I'm not going into an environment where I need to conform. I'm going yeah. into an environment where I actually have the uh, the potential to help build something new. And so mm-hmm. that's Yeah, important. and I can tell that's very exciting to you. Just like I love that meeting stuff. people and oh working with people. Like that's I love your working shit. with people. Yeah. Awesome. I just want to be around people who are excited yeah. about stuff. I'm gonna I wanna throw something out into the fucking universe, but uh <laughs> with uh that show I just did, um the the venue got back to me. Actually, wait, I, I got to do a quick, cheap plug, like, fucking Live <laughs> dirty. Your life. But anyways, <laughs> if anybody wants to see that show, you can go on to kotdtv.com and order their pay-per-view. And there's literally, like, two days of fucking battle rap and interviews oh. from, the, like, the greatest battle rappers in the entire world. And then as a bonus feature, they put my stand-up show because there, there's also uh, a bunch of battlers who are jumping into the stand-up world uh dirtbag dan and caustic they did and there's also uh some music performances and not even all hip-hop some acoustic stuff my my boy joe cash he does a video for kotd and also a guitar player but uh where was it going okay so with that show um the venue loved it like so much and they thought it was just like the, like I didn't even know. I thought it was. It might have like been able to like fail like hard because I made such a random show. It's like acoustic players, like hip hop people, beatboxers, and fucking grimy comedians. <laughs> and uh, for some reason, it all just blended together. And uh, the venue was like, "Oh, anytime you want to do this, um, you don't need to pay a deposit. Whatever, just 
let us know in advance. We'd love this to happen again. But what I want to throw out there to you, Marie, Mm -hmm. maybe sometime in the future, if you even want to get, like, some of your art together or whatever, and we can advertise, like, yeah, so we got the original plan, which is music, comedy. Why not make it, like, keep expanding it? Like, have, like, a fucking gallery shit up or whatever and, and you can like, combine comedy and art like no problem yeah, and just make like this fucking megazord of uh of just like cool shit from like genuinely awesome people that would be incredible that's yeah. my dream that's the sh- yeah. when you so a- okay just, wait sorry backtrack when you asked me my goal there yeah. it is that. okay cool yeah. <laughs> yeah and it's like i'm just like i feel like with this podcast and all this these shows too um, it's funny, like, I notice, like, some people, they get into, like, podcasting or comedy or booking shows, and they're kind of, like, thinking about themselves the whole time, where, I don't know, I feel like I got, like, this strategy where I want to make it, like, a communal thing, like, this isn't about me, this is about the people I bring on, and the entire scene, because... In uh, one of my earlier episodes, actually episode zero point five, <laughs> I actually had the 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 program director Sammy of Girth on here, nice. and uh, he's already all over Girth, so he didn't want to make it like a main episode. Okay. So like uh, instead of putting it on the site, I just put it on my own media and stuff. But uh, he was like, we were both like really talking about how lots of scenes had crumbled, and. I kind of had that, without knowing, like, his mentality on it, I kind of had the mentality of, like, I want to grow a scene, and that's what Girth was trying to do, and just, like, with these shows and stuff, so I just want to keep connecting it together, and, yeah, that's, I just want to put that out there. That's, it's so funny you say that, because I was just thinking about that on the way here, is, like, there's a, don't get me wrong, in Toronto, there's so many little scenes, and it's, it's, you know, there's, everybody's kind of got their thing, but it would be nice to to build something like that especially i love comedy and i I mean i don't know i'm also not involved in the comedy scene in toronto but i would love to see more of that like and just because it's not like that was another huge thing that i that really helped me in like tough times is listening to comedians like bill burr or mark maron who are real they're so real but they're so they're so funny like bill burr has this whole thing about uh this giant floating pile of garbage in the in the fucking ocean yeah, yeah i heard you know? that one is like the island <laughs> yeah and you know but you know what it's funny because of course like that was that was it was a bit and it was hilarious but do you know how much i i think i think about everything now like when i go to buy something i'm like do i need this or am i creating more waste mm-hmm. and it's it, like that's the kind of scene that i want to be a part of or like help build here is like it's informed and it's it's funny but it's actually gonna you know strike people in a way that they're not just going to listen to it and forget it. I don't know. Yeah. We, I would love to be a part of a scene here. I'm also new. Like this is like you said, yeah. you know, it, it takes time. But like you, you, you start to build up friendships and, and uh, partnerships. And yeah. oh my God. And I feel like lots of magic happens with uh, people from different, like different scenes collabing together. Like whether well, it's like a, yeah. music and then designers and then designers and well like you think about dimitri martin right he's funny yeah but he also does a lot of like acoustic stuff and he also Mm -hmm. incorporates art and you're just like this is awesome he's doing everything and it it, what's cool about that too it makes its own thing yeah which is yeah and i love that what it's all about (laughs) fucking awesome frankenstein everything yeah yeah (laughs) yeah it's true 
Oh, this goose beer. Something. It's not bad, eh? Yeah, it's not bad. It's drinkable. So, like, I ordered a pitcher of this beer. Like, so, Just like, uh, you know how they say don't judge a book by its cover? <laughs> I totally judged a book by its cover. The tap at the bar just had, like, a goose head. I'm like, yeah, I want the fucking duck. And it's they're smiling like, oh, at it's me a right goose. now. Yeah. yeah, you can see it through the window. Well, I'm looking at it. <laughs> Girth is popping right now. They got Gangsta's Paradise by Coolio playing right it's now. It's true. There's people hanging out. Gangster good. interview with Marie Rupolo. Oh, I'm so happy. Cheers. I'm so, so awesome happy to, to be here. Up. So Ugh. should we end it or do you want to talk about anything else? I don't know. What I, I just got to think. What, yeah. what, what, what else we got? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> um, we can heckle people out this window here. <laughs> I wish there were more people to heckle. Wait, it's <laughs> yeah. a Sunday. Everyone's fucking sleeping. Yeah, it's so true. It's true. No, I don't know. We got my buddy Sato out there sitting. Yeah. We should Do you go, want to go see him? We should go talk to him. He's another very interesting, very cool person. He's a... The one of the most creative. He's look. He just saw me. Awesome. He heard. He heard me talking about him yeah. through the window. I wonder if they were like broadcasting us. I don't think this is this board's plugged into the bar, but if it is, hello world. <laughs> yeah. Hello. hello. We are on the air. We are on the air. This is live. And um. Uh, yeah. Yes. Well, I think we're. I think we should concentrate on drinking beer now. Yeah. Thank you so much, Marie. Thanks for having I me. I love you. We're gonna do this we're more often. We're gonna do this all the time. Fuck yeah. Love you. Girth Radio. Are you geese of beer?
this is a bar yeah. menu, right? Like, say if, if Beyond the Watch was a bar and you had this in here, then you could potentially, like, have, have a functioning business, have shows, mm-hmm. and do all your media shit right here all in one all, stop. all right here and i think this and is you got like a dope green room where people can like go and do like ah, whatever dude. the fuck they want i think like that's kind of like the mission plan of the bar so people who are just listening in right now um yeah i got this recording we'll probably cut in around here um we are here with steve st jean <laughs> well i already gave you a good intro and uh did you yeah yeah you, when? you didn't hear it like just like <laughs> When I was here by myself. Oh, sad. nice. But um, basically, I told them a little bit about Beyond the Watch, man. And uh, how did that idea spawn for you? How did it spawn? Yeah. Um, I don't actually even know. Like, I was shooting some music photos uh, for another site. Mm-hmm. And it sort of fell through where it wasn't happening anymore. And... I naturally was like, well, I want to keep shooting shows and going to shows and reviewing them. And, you know, I was getting more and more into the music media industry. So I just decided to uh, start my own thing up. Yeah, that's amazing. Like, it's crazy. There's so many people like you that I'm trying to get on the show where it's just they had an idea and they just made it happen. Like. There's so yeah. many people like waiting for somebody to say, okay, like I appoint you this job. But sometimes like in life, if you really want to do something like, especially with your dreams, I feel like you just got to fucking get out there and just start doing it, whether it's wrong or right. Like that's like the first step. And it's just fucking crazy. Like how far you've gone as like a photographer from just doing these like little indie shows. And now you're like, in front of like Taylor Swift in, in the Rogers Center or whatever. It's it's pretty crazy, especially because I didn't think that photography was ever anything that I was going to do. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like, like I'm in advertising for from nine to five, and I'm doing a creative job for a career. But you know, I never really thought of myself as doing any kind of photography. I liked it. I used to skateboard back in the day. I still skateboard now, but like. I used to love skateboard photography. And I remember being in high school, being like, I want to take photography and learn how to shoot skate photos. But I would never have the prerequisites to actually get there because I would refuse to take art. <laughs> and, you need, <laughs> and, you, and you needed art to get into photo. And then funny enough, I'm basically in an art and creative role now in, as my career. And it's sort of all come full circle. Yeah, and now it's kind of like, like uh, instead of just like going to school and just doing this direct line, you kind of had like this boomerang like side turn. For sure. That's I also because I, I picked, I always go at things the hard way. Yeah. And the long way, the long road. So uh, it's it's challenging, but I have to find my own path to uh, where, <laughs> yeah. where I want to go. But do you feel like putting yourself in like that kind like harder positions, like when like a little bump in the road goes wrong like it's not a big deal like you just like keep on moving forward because i find like some people they they get trained like through the school system and all that shit and they feel a little entitled whether it's like film or whatever where like some of my favorite people who 
are like just doing like whether it's like media or film or whatever they never went to school for it they just kind of started doing it for fun and yeah like i think when you do that and you naturally gravitate towards something and you've got to find your own way it's going to be more rewarding yeah right because you fail and you succeed and it's all on your own terms solely out of the out of just pure passion for what you're doing Mm -hmm. so ultimately it's going to be more rewarding and better so uh Let's get right into the beyond the watch question. What do you think life is? <laughs> you know what's funny? Uh, I I mentioned this in the intro. That's like our our fucking thing. But we never actually answer that question. And like the thing is, like I always get terrified that they might turn it around because I don't know. And that's like kind of like the beautiful thing about well, it. We have the power to just not answer. <laughs> yeah, but uh, and. Uh, it's also like beyond the watch kind of made me realize like you probably you you'll never know what life is <laughs> it's like no. everybody has like this totally different answer and it's, there's like some beauty in that i think yeah like you so you actually want me to answer it yeah yeah do you have an answer or is it just like um or is it something like me where it's just it's fun to hear other people say that, but you really don't know. <laughs> I don't really know, obviously. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. But my own perspective on what I think it is is constantly evolving and, and changing. Mm-hmm. And it's sort of like Beyond the Watch itself, where it's constantly changing and moving, and I'm sporadically reacting to things and doing whatever the hell I want. There's no system to it. There's no... Um, there's no framework or plan that's been put in place for it. Yeah. So, like, I could wake up tomorrow and just be like, uh, I don't think we should be doing this shit anymore. <laughs> yeah. and, and, and just completely change it. But how that relates back into my theories on life are it's one big ball of uncertainty and mystery. Mm-hmm. And it's confusing and it's scary. It's also incredible and amazing. And it's... Uh, it's a vicious cycle of a black hole. <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy, too, because, like, uh, we, we, did, we did a Beyond the Watch interview uh, this week, and I started thinking about it, like, after, like, what would I say? And I put some really good thought, and I, I still don't really have a fucking definite answer, but I came to, like, this conclusion. There's this, like, unstoppable force that is pushing me towards things, whether, like, it, it almost feels like fate's a real thing. and Pushing you towards creative things. Yeah, and it's almost like a, like I'm trying to put it into words, and I can't. It's like a feeling that's just, like, throwing me into these situations. And even, like, like yeah. that day we did the interview, I was fucking tired, and I'm like, oh, I didn't want to do this. I can make one phone call and be like, hey, I don't want to do this. But something's telling me I have to, and, like, it was almost like an unconscious decision to, like, link up with you and then that artist, and, like, I don't know. <laughs> it's like, yeah, it, it's... But I, I don't have that with, like, some other things in my life, like, and I feel like those don't, like, they do matter, like, <laughs> doing, like, shitty jobs to make money or whatever. Yeah. But well, I, working sucks yeah. <laughs> to, to, to begin with. But even, like, sometimes, like, the things I'm passionate about, they have the these days where they suck. But I'm yeah. still, like, fucking trying to do it. Like, and I don't know, it seems like this fucking magnet that's just grabbing me and 
pulling me and I have no control over it. And... Yeah, I, I completely can relate to it. I, I would say at least two times a day, I say that I want to quit doing anything creative, like my advertising job, like screw it, I don't want to do this anymore, I'm over it, mm-hmm. like I'd rather work at a gas station. I probably say that like a hundred times a week, but really, I'm never going to do that, and I keep forcing myself into different creative situations, and I keep, like you say, just naturally gravitating towards, like, why would I just keep doing more and more creative things when I'm complaining that I don't want to do them, but really, I love doing it, and I can't stop doing it, and it pushes me further and further and further into doing more and more crazy shit, Mm -hmm. and sometimes it's bad because I'm doing too many things at once, and, (laughs) but... You know, I don't know. It's a constant. It's a constant positive force, I think, mm-hmm. because doing creative shit is rewarding and it's yeah. awesome. And it's like it's cool that you don't limit yourself because I've I know people from like all these different scenes, like whether it's like hip hop or metal or comedy. And there's some people who just kind of like stick to their thing, where like a guy like you kind of like floats around. And for example. You shot everything from Cannibal Corpse to fucking Taylor Swift. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And what's a comparison of both those crowds? <laughs> um, Taylor Swift was scarier than a Cannibal Corpse show. <laughs> uh, when you go to a metal show, at least for me, I understand what I'm getting myself involved with yeah. uh, mm-hmm. or involved in. It's long-haired dudes that are actually great smell, have great-smelling hair, which I've noticed at most metal shows. Well, that's they're, like they're, they're, not, they're not dirty like you think they would be. That's their night out. They get all dolled up. They fucking right? you'll, never smell as, you'll never smell as much like Pantene in hair than you do at like an Opeth show. Yeah. Like they're headbanging and you smell beautiful long hair. It's really weird. It's seriously weird. Yeah. But metal is one thing. Like you know you're going to show up and there's going to be a mosh pit and... There's going to be some crazy shit that goes down, but it's typically, you know, it's it's a metal show. You know what it is. Mm-hmm. I'm very unfamiliar with the world of Taylor Swift. But, like, for instance, I was shooting her show at the Rogers Center. There was 50,000 people that were there, and mm-hmm. that was terrifying. It was ter- absolutely terrifying. It's just, like, girls screaming. Girls or... screaming, people just emotionally just emotionally screaming at the stage <laughs> uncontrollable uh, you could barely move there were so many people that just were just worshipping Taylor Swift wow screaming to we were I was at uh, at what was the crazy baseball game that was nuts game the oh, game yeah, 5 yeah, with, yeah, with the Bautista bat shit. flip right yeah. when I was there it was ear piercing sound right mm-hmm. you were like I don't think anything can get louder than this Taylor Swift's fans were louder than that. Yeah. Like, it, it, <laughs> or at least it felt like it at one point. Just girls screaming. And it, it was weird. It was a weird situation. Even how we had to go, there was no real photo pits. So typically, we shoot in photo pits where yeah. there's only media photographers that are there. They sold those, that area, that section to, like, VIPers. And so we had to fight through the crowds to try and get a spot to shoot and then on the way out it took like over 20 minutes to like get from the photo pit all the way through the crowd back to backstage 
and then up elevators and outside. Like it was it was insane. Did you have to like just elbow your way through all these teeny bobbers who were like trying to rush the stage and shit like that? I did not elbow any young females. <laughs> not um, on the record. Not on the record. <laughs> yeah. There there were numerous people that were crying in the photo pit because of the photographers. That was not because of me. <laughs> I kindly asked two girls to if I could have their spot and they gave it to me. Oh, that's really nice. Um but yeah, a few photographers apparently had to experience the girls freaking out and crying and a couple of them apparently left but i don't know Shit. i wouldn't have left i wouldn't have passed up the chance to to photograph her yeah that's, that's like a crazy i'm not a, i'm not a fan of taylor swift but anyone oh i don't know why you wouldn't photograph yeah, she's kind of like just the icon of our generation right now and it's saying a lot, to, but yeah. yeah. Well, like this isn't my opinion. This is other people's opinions. <laughs> it's, pop, it's, it's pop culture's opinion. Like, yeah. who are we kidding here? It's who they tell me is uh, is hot. And like me and Mindbender on another episode, we had a talk like this too. There's, there's just so much like dope shit that nobody ever hears. Oh, yeah. And I notice like you actively like search out and promote. Like this week. Um, Emily and uh is it Ogden? I believe that's how you say it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you like sought her out. And she's she's kinda got a buzz now too, but it's not like that super mainstream, but No, like she's a harpist. Yeah. Like really like when would you ever come across a harpist's music and be like, This sounds badass <laughs> right? But it does. But sound it does. Badass. It does. It's like I don't know. When I first listened to her music I just thought this is it sounds it sounds familiar like it sounds like a familiar place within sort of indie folky music that is kind of trendy and cool but mm -hmm. there was something more to it it was well hell she's got it she's playing harp uh, for all instruments you know like you watch one of the music videos it's just yeah insane. it's kind of like uh what's the word it's just puts you in a bit of like a trance and, for sure yeah, yeah. but yeah it's, i think it's important to actively seek out different artists because the shit that you hear on the radio is just bullshit
think of this environment in here? I think it's pretty badass. Yeah. Um, it's it's interesting for sure. Mm -hmm. I think it's cool. There's a lot of shit that's happening around in the windows, and it's in a bar, which is sort of natural to these kind of situations. Like, why not have a drink and just shoot the shit? Right? Yeah. Um, so it's good. Yeah. Lots of people staring in, but... <laughs> yeah, I know. It's kind of like uh, when I was on your side, like last episode, I was getting like so fucking distracted because it's like people just like. Yeah, I'm, look I'm looking around like, at all kinds of shit that's happening. <laughs> there's not there's there's less people staring at us now, though. Yeah. So. So, Steve, uh, do you remember how we met? Actually, uh, Actually that's a crazy yeah. question because I, Steve's no. wife is in here, too. And it's the same day we all met each other. First day of college. And, uh, I don't remember meeting her. Yeah. And I, I, don't, I don't think I can really remember exactly meeting you. Yeah, but you know what's really... Okay, I, we're going to get to Carly. She's laughing, right? <laughs> I, I, w I tried to find her another mic, but I think there was like a fucking party in the studio last night. And there's just like all the equipment was everywhere. But this is how we do it at Girth. It's like fucking, <laughs> it's fucking crazy in here. But, but uh, yeah. Um, Why, how, how did we meet? Okay, so first day of college, I fucking I walked in and I had a children of Bodom shirt and okay. on, and you were sitting beside Dave Lemaine's and I was like almost late, like just down to the wire, and I was like su I was super nervous too, like I didn't know anybody, like just I walk in naturally on the first day. Yeah, first day, I'm just kind of like looking around. There's not really any seats, and you two were at the back. And uh, you said something about my shirt. You're like, yeah. <laughs> and I'm yeah, like, okay. up. <laughs> and so I saw like a seat beside you or Dave, and I just sat beside you. And then um, we were fortunate enough to have like so many pretty girls in that class. Right, Carly? And I remember <laughs> I remember they kept like coming in the door and we're like whispering into each other. And um, this this is no lie. I remember what you said about Carly and you you said that one's like really cute or something like that. Ooh, yeah. And then years later you like she's your wife, which Look is at pretty that. dope. On on for on the record. Yeah. Car. On the record. She's just like all smiley <laughs> and blushy and <laughs> But it's it's actually kind of it's, you don't have to believe it, but that's what I totally remember. That. I, I believe that I, I thought she was cute, but I also did think that she was extremely annoying. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and you were all loud, but it was like kind of funny at the same time. Like, I don't know. She was like one of those girls that was just yelling all the time and laughing at the friend. She was dating jocks. At, and yeah, we, I don't know. We we had lots of lots of crazy shit to say about her. Yeah. But she was always awesome, obviously. Yeah, definitely. Um, and uh, even though she doesn't believe me, like. Um, there's, I'm, I'm not saying like things I other, like other things I remember of you saying about other girls. Cause like, we just want to keep her happy right now. Right? For sure. <laughs> I'm sure I said not very much about other people. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Through all those years. On the record. Yeah. But it's funny that you say like, you know, obviously I, I said something about your Bodum shirt. Yeah. But like, I remember going into that class and not, not knowing anyone, obviously, mm -hmm. because it was the first day of like college. Yeah. And I remember seeing Dave Lemaine's and he had like, I don't know, some, some hat that was related to like BMX or skateboarding or something <laughs> yeah, on. Yeah. And, and he had like a lip ring and I was like, scan, I literally scanned the class mm -hmm. and I was like, who the hell am I, where am I going to go? One, I wanted to sit by myself yeah. because I just would, I just would and rather sit by like myself. You. <laughs> yeah. And I just, I keep to myself and, but then I saw him and I was just like, okay, like. 
you know, I gotta, I gotta be outgoing and I gotta like try and try and do something, right? Like you gotta make friends. And so I saw him and I was just like, okay, I looked at everyone else. He seemed like the most, you know, cool dude. And rightfully so, we ended up getting to sit with you and then Dave and it's weird how shit like that happens, right? Like you just kind of gravitated towards people that were sort of like you. Yeah. And it's crazy. It's like you didn't pick up a camera then and I didn't pick up like a microphone or a video camera, which no, I probably couldn't even use a camera. We just like kind of just had like this passion for music and we we kept going to shows together. And it's crazy how that passion just kind of turned into like work for us and like almost being connected to the bands we used to listen to. Like now, like all you got to do is send an email and like so many times, like, thank you. Like I fucking talked to like some of my like heroes in like rock and metal because of like just like the work you put in through Beyond the Watch and all that. Yeah, like, it's, it's actually crazy, because when I meet those people, like, I'm not even really thinking that they're anyone special, mm-hmm. right? And, but then when I look back, because it's been so many years, you know, where I think I'm, my mind is in a different place right now, where, like, I don't really, like, stare at artists and be like, oh, my God, like, I wish they were them, and, and yeah. worship them like you would when you were growing up. Mm-hmm. But, like, I have consistently interviewed people and, like, photographed people and, like, been in conversation with real musicians that back in the day I used to worship like they were gods. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, and it's funny looking back and you're just like, shit, man, like, I've actually, like, I've been in the same room as these people, met them, shook their hands, uh, photographed them, interviewed them, and it's, it's strange to look back and be like, I've actually kind of... I've lived all of those dreams that I didn't even think that I, like I, I lived dreams I didn't know I, I even had dreams for, and but it, just through loving their music and wanting to be like them, it happened. Yeah, you know, was, like I don't know. You just like you kind of rambled like, there. Put yourself, no, I don't. It made sense, and you kind of put yourself in the community through like hard work and just being passionate about it, and um, also like when you interview like these guys. You also realize, like, some of the reason why you connect with, like, your favorite artists is because they're actually like you, like, personality-wise. Yeah. Do you ever feel like that when you're, like, interviewing one of them and it just turns into, like, a normal conversation? You're like, oh, you're not, like, this god I put in my mind, like, years ago. It's like, you're a, you're a human being type thing. Well, yeah, I was just going to say, like, you you start to realize that they're just people you know yeah and And that's like a tip for anybody who's trying to get into like music media right now just remember they're all people and be cool like yeah they're just normal (laughs) normal people that are like working really really hard from going from one city to the next city and meeting all kinds of random ass people yeah but like and they they, I i find they thrive off like or like just like cool experience and meeting cool people because there's so many times where they'll just be like walking around a venue and people are just screaming song lyrics at them. Like, for example, uh, Jamie Josta from Hate Breed, he has yeah. like he has a podcast and he talks about like uh, how he appreciates like good people and not when you like walk up to him and just yell destroy everything. <laughs> I've, I've probably I've yeah. done that. I've yeah. done that to him. I actually, uh, me and Lemaine's actually went to a fucking concert in, uh, 
it was like Lamb of God, but Municipal Waste was opening for him, and we came late, and we were like all lit up, and I see the singer just walking by, and this is like before I do it, did any media, this is like when we first all met each other, and I just scream at him, I'm like, Municipal Waste, and he just kind of looks at me, he's like, yeah, buddy, he <laughs> just walks away like, you fucking uh, idiot. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I used to I used to be that, that dude. Yeah. I would just like yell random shit, and... I think you know. for some reason, like, in your mind, like, when you're not, like, put in, like, an environment where you're meeting these people all the time, you think they'd enjoy something like that, like, you appreciating it that much, I but it's that, almost, I think like, it's, scary. I think it happens so often to them that they're tired of it. Yeah. Probably at first, when someone's screaming your song name or something at you, you're probably amped up, and you're like, shit, yeah, man, this guy <laughs> yeah. in, like, in Milwaukee loves me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, you know, after you tour around for a while, it's over, yeah. you know? Like, whatever. Mm-hmm. You just, I think at that point, you want to meet someone that just genuinely loves your band. Mm-hmm. And then even then, I, I don't know. Yeah. It, it's, it depends on the person. Yeah. So uh, what's on the horizon for you? You're always shooting shows. You got uh, anything cool coming up or some mm. downtime, taking a break? Um, I'm hoping to be at uh, Black Sabbath next uh, week. Yeah. Either way, I'm going to be there. So it's going to be pretty badass. Nice. Are you going to, is it the Hamilton show? Hamilton show. Nice. Yeah. I'm going with my dad. Oh, cool. Yeah. Is he, is he, I never took him to be somebody who's like into Sabbath or anything. He's into Sabbath. Yeah, that's cool. He's into all kinds of things, but like... That's probably the most metal that he'll go. Yeah, that's cool. Awesome, awesome. That's like their fucking last shebang, right? Apparently. Yeah. Do you, is it sold out? How many fucking it should be. It? Yeah. I, I don't know. I don't know, but it should be. There's another show coming too in Toronto. I think at the uh, Amphitheater. Yeah. I fucking hate the Amphitheater for some reason. Do you reason, really? Though. Yeah. I love the Amphitheater. Yeah. Do you? What, why do you love it? Um. It's kind of like a welcoming space. Like I don't, I, like, like, I don't know. I get a different vibe. Really? Like you, there's the the bowl. You can kind of see everything from everywhere. Yeah, the sound's pretty good. The sound is great. Yeah. Yeah. I think I, just because I went to like some douchey shows there. And we went to awesome shows there. Don't you remember? Everyone banging their head for the devil. Okay, wait, wait. We, we did go to Gigantour. Was sick. What year was that? That, that had been sick. like. I don't even know. Like when I met you, like '08. It was whenever Opeth. God damn, we're old. Uh, was Ma- like, that's was Mastodon a on the bill? Ago. Um, there was Arch Enemy. Lamb of God was on the bill. Yeah, I remember seeing people jumping down from the 200 sections. <laughs> yeah, just running. And this was before they were even at the level they are now. And Randy jumped off, off the stage into the crowd. Oh shit! I don't remember that. Yeah, that was insane. <laughs> I remember people being like, what? This is so crazy. Um, yeah, I don't know. But yeah, that's when Opeth played, and they're so calm. And in Michael Ackerfeld's little little voice, he's His just like, mustache. now, everyone, bang your head for the devil. <laughs> and every single person was headbanging. And except for me and you, I think we looked at each other and just started laughing. like we. And then laugh. I started to headbang. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> What about, uh, <laughs> this is like one of my favorite times ever, like fucking uh, just being at a show. What about uh, Kitchener, Waterloo, or wherever the fuck we were? Yeah, it was, was, that it was Kitchener, Elements Nightclub, Kill Switch Engage, Barrier Dead opened, and oh man, there was another band. Um, it, Hatebreed, I think. 
It, it was e- it was it was either Hatebreed or another one of those like you know New York hardcore bands. <laughs> yeah. I forget the one band name. Bury Your Dead was nuts. Like that's when the, like I think the lead singer was like a school teacher or something, or he turned into a school teacher. <laughs> that's when he was like the original dude was still there. Yeah. And uh, and. <laughs> You okay, Carly? <laughs> yeah, we're just making sure my wife is alive next to us. Yeah. Uh, but here, you can come close and get on the mic if you want. I'm good. You sure? You good? I'll wait till I need to chime in. Okay. Okay. Just grab it, like it's like a free. But yeah, that show was nuts, dude. Like it was nuts. I remember p- jumping off the half stacks, like <laughs> climbing up on speakers that were way bigger than us jumping off there was one asshole in a hood that kept like running up on stage jumping off running up on stage jumping off he's like jumping into like a pile of and, 16 and year old girls killing people as he's going down like he was a beast of a dude and he was just dropping kids like every time that he was jumping <laughs> yeah. in he's and like 30 in a crowd of like 16 year olds yeah then I, me- I remember standing there going like all right i'm gonna i'm gonna get up there and, and, and do another jump because i'd already climbed up previously and all of a sudden, I look up at the half stack. Adam D's like got his crotch out, and he's he's like playing guitar right right by my face. I look up at the speakers, and this girl is just pile driving down with her elbow and smokes me right in the forehead. And I, I just remember waking up on the floor, and someone I think it was <laughs> one of you guys picked me up, and that was uh, that was an experience. That was one of the yeah, best shows was ever. Nice. It, that show reminded me of something you see in like a music video where people are just like diving off balconies and stuff. Yeah, and I, re- I remember like you, you had the initiative to like instigate this. They're like, let's jump off the speaker. I'm like, oh okay. And, uh, so I first like it was a high speaker. Like I had to like boost Steve up, <laughs> and he he was like on my back and then climbed the speaker. And then dove into the crowd, and then Steve ran around and came back and boosted me up. I was fucking scared as shit, but that was amazing. It was so good. And and uh, I remember we were like, "Oh, we gotta do that again. We gotta do it again." And then I saw some girl like jump from the same spot, and nobody fucking caught her, and she just smoked her face yeah. off the ground. Those sad people, man. And, and, like, and I was just like, "No, I think I'm done." <laughs> the amount of people that just dive out and just smack concrete. Yeah. Like I feel bad for them, but oh, shit, they man. Got, they're they're not strategic about it. You gotta look like uh, you need to make sure an, someone's gonna catch an you. Etiquette, yeah. You gotta make sure people know you're jumping. Like at least some eye contact. Make sure you don't jump in like to like some fucking thirteen year old girl pile. <laughs> you gotta like find the biggest dudes and just dive towards them. Yeah, but then you know what? That's something to actually make a note of because when you get up on stage and you're about to you're about to jump back in. Yeah. Right. If you make that connection with the people that you're about to jump on, you know, like you make eye contact, you're like, you yeah. know, you let them know, like, hey, I'm going to jump. They have a moment to prepare, you know, and and save themselves because it sucks, man. Everyone's been at a show where you just get dropped on by a, a full human body lands on your head and it sucks. It sucks balls. <laughs> but if you if you have that little bit of etiquette but before jumping off on stage they have a, they have a chance to actually catch you they're at they're at when when there's mosh pits and crowd surfing no one's an idiot they're at these shows and they know that this stuff happens mm-hmm. but if you if you give them that respect they can prepare for it and actually 
take part in something that's amazing you know like yeah they may be motivated to like get back up on stage then and jump off too. someone that's never crowd surfed before but the more you just jump off without even giving a shit about who you're potentially hurting because most people do get hurt i think yeah and i I feel like uh, a lot of people who haven't been to like one of these shows, they they'll see it like on TV or whatever, and just say, "Oh my God, this is fucking brutal." But there's a certain connection in a metal crowd that I don't get from anywhere, and like most of like the gigs I do video wise are like all hip hop stuff. But there's a certain energy in like uh, a metal showroom where it's not just like about the band; it's like the whole space is the show the whole venue is the show and from far you can watch like a walk-in fest or download fest on youtube and see helicopter shots of like this giant thousand person circle pit and think it's like the most like brutal thing but when you're down there everybody's laughing and they're helping each other out like people are getting laid out but then somebody's there to pick them up and like 100%. everybody's like looking out for each other it's it kind of turns into like a beautiful thing a metal show is the exact opposite that the general public thinks it is yes you know like it it is truly a community of people that is there to like make sure that everyone else is cool you'll see people like straight up punching people in the mosh pit but at the same time it's not like it's not to punch someone like yeah usually those guys get like set straight like usually they get set straight not, like, but like people who usually but, go but to these shows there's there's something friendly about some of that stuff right you know yeah. like you may just run into someone or like elbow people and you're you know you're taking part in in the mosh pit yeah, yeah. but it's all within a, a positive mindset and if you fall down or you get hurt like no one's trying to hurt someone and if they are usually those people get their asses handed to them yeah definitely by someone that's more powerful but like it is it is it's a good vibe and even even every metal musician that I've interviewed or gotten the chance to actually have a conversation with. They're the, single-handedly the nicest people that I've <laughs> yeah. ever encountered. Ever. Like, interviewing the dude from Goat Whore. His band <laughs> is called Goat Whore. And if you listen to his music, it's intense as shit. Yeah. But the nicest dude in the world. The dudes from Amana Marth. So nice. Oh, they're like they're, they're, teddy bears. They're Viking meddlers. <laughs> and when you see them, like, to a normal person, and who knows what normal is anymore, but, like, yeah. to an average person that is not in the metal scene or has not been exposed to it, you'd be scared shitless to talk to these people. And they're the nicest people. The most dickish people that I've ever met are, like, little indie rockers that think that they're rock stars. Meanwhile, they should just go back to Seattle and just shut the hell up. <laughs> 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 like, but seriously, because yeah. I've come across people that are just rude, man, like yeah. rude to talk to and like metal, metal musicians. And I'm not like, I don't want to be known for like only living and dying within the metal world. Yeah. But, like, yeah. but metal musicians are, are, are really, really nice dudes and chicks. It's just some, some sweet chicks too. I agree. <laughs> like the, you know, like Arch Enemy and all them. Yeah. Yeah. That girl's from uh, Montreal, the new one. Yeah, and but she was in... Uh, she was in The Agonist. Agonist. Which, I find her career, like, something... A thing of beauty, just from my perspective. Because I remember seeing her in little fucking shit bars of Hamilton, Ontario, in front of 20 people. What up, people. Steel City? Yeah, shout-outs to <laughs> Hamilton. Nothing wrong with Hamilton. Hamilton's awesome. And uh, there's, like, just that awesome vibe there. <laughs> and uh, But 
Yeah, I would see her old band, uh, The Agonist, and I was like one of the only few fans there. <laughs> and there would just be like 10 people in the crowd losing their minds. And then she just kept at it, and then all of a sudden she's in one of the biggest metal acts right now. And I think they're from Sweden or Finland. Sweden, maybe? I think it's Sweden. I think it's Sweden. Correct us if we're wrong. Yeah. they. Uh, she's so fucking good. They, I could like, just Google it. but Yeah. They reached out from... They reached out to her in Canada to replace, like, their legendary singer of Angela. And now... Which was bad. She was badass. Yeah. Apparently, she's just doing, like... Um, Baby mama stuff? <laughs> no, I think she's... Uh, <laughs> maybe. She's, like, uh, kind of, like, managing the band. That's cool. Yeah, which is she's still involved and got like her blessing and picked her out. But like out of all people, like it's cool just to see like the beginning stages of that. And he's also like uh, with the King of the Dot too, like them battling on the street and turning into like a thing where Drake's reaching out and like yeah, who knows? Like that's why I love things like fucking Girth and Beyond the Watch or like in these growing stages. Like I just feel like there's always room for these things to become like the next biggest thing. You just got to fucking work put, at it and put, wait, put wait, the for the, in. wait for the right time and just swing it. It's all about the right time, the right moment. Yeah. You know, something will strike soon enough. Yeah. Eventually. <laughs> Let's backtrack for a second though. Yeah. Yeah. Because we mentioned, you mentioned Hamilton, small club shows. Mm-hmm. You got to give a shout out to Absinthe club, Absinthe, club Absinthe for booking behemoth. Before anyone knew that who the hell they were, <laughs> yeah. Because I still remember going to that show. We went to we went to Behemoth's show probably like, I don't know. I would guess and say it was like 2003. Like, wait, when did when did when were we in college? Um, 2004. So okay, yeah, so, so it was probably four. Or five. It was 2004 or five. We went downtown. I don't know who found the show. Maybe it was you. No, you found it, it in me. um in the. What in view, view magazine. Yeah, the magazine. <laughs> I saw I saw Behemoth, and I don't think that I even knew anything more than that. It might have been promoted as like a metal show, and I was like, we should go to this shit. Yeah, like it'll it'll be crazy. People don't know me and Steve went to fucking everything between 2005 to like 2009. We were at every fucking. Never been more scared in my life at that <laughs> current moment in time in my in my in my life. Then like. At that point, I don't think I was exposed to very much, like not mm-hmm. in, at least not in extreme metal, yeah. and that was insane. I remember standing at the back of the show, actually doing like this. I was went to Catholic high school. I was raised Catholic. Okay? <laughs> yeah. I, I remember. I remember doing the sign of the cross, just going like, "This is me being here is not okay." <laughs> like for my whole upbringing, it was not okay that I was there. Yeah, yeah. I was totally Same, cool. Man. I was totally yeah. cool with being there. Yeah. Because it was it was amazing, but it was so so crazy then. And you hear about them being like banned in like certain states in 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 america because of religious things and yeah they were they're so anti like religion yeah and back then it was the really first instance of like even seeing this shit happen and unfold and at least for me Mm -hmm. and it was it was crazy yeah and it's uh they kind of got like if you listen to like the singer and like other interviews and stuff like that too it's like the main point isn't like about like oh we're Satanists or whatever. Yeah, no. It's uh it's all about like kind of freedom of mind and like that's their expression to kind of like shock people who don't have a free mind type of thing. It's like a pro, it's like a pro life uh, 
like fuck all everything you've been told and brainwashed and into thinking and all that it's yeah, I still remember them going, do you know where we're from? And I was at the back going, you're from Poland! You're from Poland! And then he was just like, no, the graveyard! <laughs> and then, and then they, they would go into, like, random, like, it sounded like gibberish, but they would go into these, like, trance-like moments where they would just scream out Polish. And you were like, yeah. oh, my God, I'm going to die. Yeah. And then they would rip into a song, and it was so crazy. They had a shirt there, too, and on the back of it, it said, uh, Christians to the Lions. <laughs> <laughs> and it had, it had some cool art on the front. I'm like, that's a g- cool shirt. And then I saw the back. I'm like, oh, I can't fucking yeah, like, wear I, that. I, 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 can't, I can't come house. home and <laughs> let my mom see me wear this. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's funny, though. The furthest, the furthest I went with that to let my mom see me in a T-shirt was like a walk with me in hell shirt yeah for Lamb Lamb of God. God. <laughs> other than that like and even that she was just like what are you doing yeah stop steve stop then i just started to hide all the stuff <laughs> just wear it at home She'd be like where, where are you going steven uh, i'm going to a to a pop show meanwhile <laughs> i'm going down to behemoth where can people find all your work and find you on social media and all that um i think anything to do with beyond the watch if you go to beyondthewatch.com uh, you can see a lot of the shit that we do. Um, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, all under Beyond the Watch. Um, YouTube, stuff like that. That's Beyond the Watch TO. YouTube is Beyond the Watch TO. All right. But in general, if you search Beyond the Watch, you're gonna you're gonna come across some badass shit. Sexy. And anything else you want to say? Uh. To, yeah, to anyone that's listening that actually wants to do something that's similar, don't don't put boundaries up for yourself to do things like everyone else. Don't look at other sites. Don't look at Beyond the Watch or any other music site that you is a blog, and be like, oh, I gotta like start doing that, or I've got to have like a content segment that is just like this guy's because too much in in this industry which is hardly an industry at all for like, you know, like little small time blogs. Um, but too much is just repetitive bullshit. That's the same sites are doing the same thing. And everyone is, it's an incestual industry. Everyone's looking at each other and trying to do the exact same thing. And it's sort of, sort of exactly why Beyond the Watch is the way that it is, is because I'm, constantly evolving it and changing it because everyone's looking at each other everyone's starting to look the same way everyone sort of is copying each other they copy you sometimes too. copy me sometimes yeah. um and it's just about shaking things up so if you're if you want to get into it or you're currently doing it just be yourself be unique you know like do things how you want to do it yeah, not even in media, too. It's, like, everything. I notice that. Like, I keep fucking going back to the battle rap shit. Like, the people who fucking become fi- viral sensations are people who are doing something that different. They're being themselves. Because I think with people, there's everybody has their own indivi- individuality that you can put into whatever you're doing, whether you're like an actor or a comic or even doing media or film, anything, and you can make it unique because there's, like, only one of you. 
you'd agree with that, right? One hundred percent. Yeah, you ha- it's you're you. You've got your own way of doing things, and the more that you look at other people's shit and try and be like them, you're just copying out on yourself. Yeah. Just do what do what you got to do. Post about things that you like. Talk about the music that you love, or interview a certain way that you want to. Mm-hmm. I think some people derail themselves from doing that because they're thinking like, "What do other people want?" and trying to find some fucking calculation to do whatever they want to do. But sometimes you got to make your own scene. Sometimes you got to like people will like-minded people will come to you if you're radiating or like just giving out that energy. For sure, you you know you got to get to a point where you you kind of have to understand. You know, like, what other people want. But you also have to be able to say, who gives a shit? I don't care when the proper times are to post on Instagram. Yeah. I really don't care. I'm going to post on Instagram whenever the hell I want. Sometimes Mm -hmm. I won't. Sometimes I will. You know, like, it just doesn't really matter. Do things the way you want to do it. I I don't care how many people look at my stuff. I'm going to create it anyways. Mm -hmm. If zero people look, I'm still going to be doing the same thing and changing things the way that I want to change it to. Mm -hmm. So... That's sort of just a good mentality for anyone. Don't block yourself in to like the horse shit that is out there. Yeah. Amen. And now here's some behemoth. <laughs> <laughs> this song is called Oh Father, Oh Satan, Oh Son. Live from the center of the earth, girth. <laughs> 